Hello, and welcome to Teaching, Reading, and Writing, the official podcast of the Literacy Research Center and Clinic at the University of Wyoming. I'm your host, Lee Hall, and with me today is Audra Wood. Audra, hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Audra is a third grade teacher at Eastside Elementary in Cody, Wyoming. And today we're going to be talking about the read aloud practice that you engage in with your students. And I'm wondering if you can sort of get us kicked off by telling us a little bit about your read aloud practice and what motivated you to start one with your students. Yeah, absolutely. So Um, I've been teaching for about 13 years now, and um, I'm on my 14th year, and I have read aloud to my students every year since I've been a teacher because I I think that's just kind of what we do. We read, (laughs) and um, it was after I had children when I started seeing how, how many ways we can get passionate about literacy and how many ways we can connect with characters and books. That's when I started seeing it as a really powerful tool that you can use in the classroom to not just teach them how to read, but to teach them how to think and how how to just embrace literacy. And so it was um, probably about Oh, 14 years ago, when I started seeing the impact that opening a good book and having a good conversation with kids about what we're reading really impacted their learning. So can you say a little bit about um, sort of like what your read aloud practice looks like? Like, do you read aloud to your students every day um, and how long and, and that sort of a thing? What does it look like? So I I try to read aloud to them every single day. Um, If I don't, they get really mad at me. Um, But it starts with being really purposeful about the literature that I'm putting in front of them. So I, if, for example, right now we're talking a lot about figurative language, uh, non-literal language in text and um, character point of view. So I try to make sure that it's a book that is rich in modeling that kind of um, standard that we're focused on. And uh, we're currently reading a book called Janitors by Tyler Whitesides. And we, um, what I'll do is I'll take a look at the chapters ahead of time if I hadn't, hadn't read the book before or if it's been a while. And I'll plan out places to stop and think out loud so the students can hear what's going on in my brain and how I'm processing the information and how I connect it to the standards that we're teaching. And I usually try to incorporate at least a 15 minute read aloud. Sometimes it can go longer depending on how deep I'm going with the standard. So one of the things that you talked about just a minute or two ago is the impact that you noticed that reading aloud was having on your students. And I can certainly see this because you're very purposeful, like you said, about what you pick and making sure that it's connecting to a specific standard, but also making sure that it's this engaging and motivating story for your students so that, they, that they're interested in it. What are some things that you've noticed about the impact of reading aloud as it relates to student learning or reading development? Yeah, so it's interesting you ask that. Um, When I'm reading aloud to students, there are times where I have this vision of, I'm gonna stop at this certain point and I'm going to ask this question about this sentence, about what's going on with this character. And um, students, they 
<laughs> they'll be listening so intently to the story. And I have this focus on, on my purpose for this in this part of the book and students will, will stop me and they'll say, oh my gosh, Mrs. Wood, there's non-literal language right there. And so we'll engage in a little bit of a conversation about it. So I, I feel like if, um, you know, if you're passionate about the literacy and you're passionate about reading aloud to those kids and, and you're, you're really purposeful, they pick up on it and they'll respond more than you have ever anticipated. That's really, that's really exciting. Now, do you find that students might, you know, you, you read a book to them, you finish the book. Do you ever find that some students are so excited about that book that they go and they read that same book again on their own, or they go and find other books by that same author? What do you find about that? Very often that happens. Um, I, I read the book uh, Wish this year to my students by Barbara O'Connor, and um, I had five kids come to me asking if we could start a checkout list for that book so they could go back and reread it. And then I had two boys come up to me and ask if there are any other books that she has written that have the same character in it or the same kind of um, story elements. And so uh, we have a book box in my classroom that is full of Barbara O'Connor books. So kids are constantly going through. Um, and I think that when they can connect with that book or that story, um, they really want more. They hunger for it. And yeah. I also believe that teachers, um, they have such a power when they pick up a book and read to kids, they can make it or break it. And if it's, if it's a really engaging text and they really get passionate about it, kids, they just hunger for it. They crave it and they want you to keep reading. They want to learn through that text. Now, one of the things that you told me about before we started um, recording for the podcast was your students' experiences with taking notes, that you have students take notes as yeah. they read. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you can tell people about that, because I think they'll find it really interesting and how you, what these notes are and how you use them with the students. Yeah, for sure. So I've taught students how to sketch note. And so that process is the idea of using both text and visuals to help process information. So uh, we started out with designing containers and those containers are in fun, fun shapes. Um, they look like sticky notes. They might look like a banner or a speech bubble or a thought bubble. And they use different containers depending on what they're trying to process. And so um, if an author writes something about the girl's character or the character's um, traits or what makes that person unique, then they might draw a stick figure and then put a poster behind that stick figure listing different traits. So they're, they're kind of just getting to know the text through how they're taking notes. And then they'll um, move on to changing when the story changes and the character evolves through the story, they'll change the look of the character and they'll change that banner poster that's um, attached to that character. And maybe even adding thought bubbles on, I'm feeling sad at the beginning of the story because I don't have a family. And then, oh, now I have friends. I'm a little bit happier. And then toward the end of the book, I have this great family and flowers and rainbows. And so they can kind of see the evolution of the character as the story goes through their notes. And I think this is just a really smart thing. Do you require it or is it, is it optional? How does that work? So it is, um, they have the option to just sit and listen most of the time when I'm reading to them. 
And because I do find a, some kids can get quite distracted with the drawing and the illustrating and not connected to what the text is actually saying. So if they do choose to sketch note while I am reading to them, they have to be purposeful about what they're putting on their paper too. So if we're focused on um, non-literal language, their sketch notes have to reflect that. They can't okay. just, um, and they know that. That's just, you know, a practice that we've taught that it has to be connected to what we're learning. Right. And what I, what I think is so powerful about that is there's research that says, right, if you're taking notes, physically taking notes, and it could be, you know, drawing as a part of that, right? Sketching out a character and doing like little doodles and bubbles and things like that. But having this, um, you know, a purpose for what you're paying attention to and what those notes are going to be about if you choose to take them, really like writing that out will help them process it and help them learn it on a deeper level. Right. Yeah. And another piece to that too, is if, if I'm standing in front of the class and I'm reading this, this book that we all have some buy-in to, and they're, they're sketching their thoughts. And I come to a point in the story where I feel like this really hits this standard that I'm teaching, or this really is, is a powerful part of writing. And I want my kids to really appreciate this as a writer and see what this author is doing and maybe try to practice it. They can sketch out what that might look like in their own writing. And, and so we'll say things like, you know, let's be a, a, a writing thief here and listen to how the author worded this. Let's listen to the way they phrased this sentence. And I'm wondering if we can steal that idea and put it in our writing, not the author's words, but how mm -hmm. they communicated this idea. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's brilliant because, you know, part of what you learn about writing comes from reading but you have to pay attention to that writing, right? In a particular way. And you're really helping to direct kids' attention to how things are structured or worded and, and, and developed. And then thinking about how do you take this, it's really like some serious higher level thinking, not how do you copy what the author said, but how do you take this concept and use it in your writing? Have you noticed things about students writing over time? Yeah, definitely. When I taught fourth grade, I had a student who um, we were reading a book. Uh, I think it was The Truth is Told by Mason Buttle. And that's just a powerful story about a boy who is, is a little bit different. And I had a student who was trying to um, write emotions and feelings, but he didn't quite know how. And we read through that book. And as I'll never forget, as I'm in the middle of this, this important part of the story, he stands up in his chair and he's like, I know how I want to add that to my narrative. And he said, can I stop right now and add that to my narrative? And so we, I let him of course, and um, he went into my back room and he continued working on it. And it was really powerful for him to make that connection that this author helped me become a better writer. And uh, the conversation we had was, was really powerful. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And like, if you're encouraging somebody to not just write for a school assignment, but to really develop as a writer, then, you know, you get hit with ideas and realizations. You can't control that as a, you know, as a person, and you need to have that space to be able to go get it down or you're going to lose it. So that's really great that you would, yeah, that you make that space for, for your students to be able to do that. So if I am, let's say I'm a teacher and I've never really read aloud to my students or I've just done it really minimally and I really want to 
you know, be committed to doing a read aloud practice. You've covered lots of really great things today, like with the sketch noting and the writing thief and this, you know, using your read aloud and connecting it to a standard and having a specific focus. But if I'm just getting started, that's, that might be too much to take on all at once. It's a nice map of like where I can go with it over time. I, if I want to get started and really do this seriously, where would you, what would you recommend? Um, some, something, what would you recommend? I can say a sentence. What would you recommend <laughs> that somebody do to get started? <laughs> um, well, I guess the first thing would be to read a lot of books and approach it as what can I, what would I want to learn from this? If I were a student, what is something I could get out of it? And then just be really purposeful, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, be really purposeful about what books you're putting in front of kids. And when you go to practice that art of reading out loud, um, maybe put some markings in the book on where you want to stop and think out loud. Because that power of thought is, is so, um, so strong and uh, when I think back to the first time I started reading out loud to students, it was just that act of let's enjoy a good book together. I didn't see how powerful it could actually be. And when I started, I, when I would read a book and I would have an epiphany, like, oh my gosh, I hope this character overcomes this. I, I made a mental note or a sticky note, or I actually wrote in some books, stop here and think about this with them. Ask them questions. What do you think? Um, how do you feel the same as this character? Are you angry with this character? Do you disagree with this character? And just try to get them as, as bought in to the story and the characters as if they are in that book. Um, but just taking those times to, to read the books ahead of time, being purposeful and stopping and, and thinking out loud with your students. That's where I would start. I think that's I think that's great advice. I think that's really manageable and doable. And then you can kind of map out a plan and, and go on from there. Well, Audra, thank you so much for being with us today. It was such a pleasure to have you. Thank you. This was a, a really it's a great conversation and a, a fantastic topic. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, I think people are really going to learn really how to level up this read aloud experience in a way that can be really meaningful and rich. And even though I know we, you know, we're talking about your experiences in like third and fourth grade, I think these are experiences that and designs that can transcend grades and really be used across subject matter and with different kinds of texts and all the way up K-12. So I really appreciate you sharing this with us today. Great. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And so that concludes another episode of Teaching, Reading, and Writing. Please join us next time.